Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. As you know, we're going through the Supercoach Team Picker for Season 2024 that dropped the other day. Just having a little bit of fun. Very, very early, I get that, but we're just having a look and see what tickles my interest. I almost had a heart attack there. Seeing what tickles my interest. Um, now... I'm going to go through front row forward today, and I considered doing this as a combo with two RFs, but I'm going to do them separately. And normally I wouldn't, but there's a reason why I would, and I'll explain that more when I get to two RFs. But front row forwards, I think, you know, they're probably the position that I care the least about heading into uh, season 2024. I think that you've got options to pay up for an absolute gun uh, to get there, or you're sort of going a little bit cheaper, and that's sort of the direction I'm going to lean in. There's a couple of mid-rangers that I'm probably looking at, but I think in particular with this position, I think there's a few traps getting around, and I think that this position is going to be a big watch come trials time, and I think that come um, team announcements, team list Tuesday, there's a couple of key guys that I'll be keeping a very, very close eye on. Uh, A guy that I've heard a lot of people say they're just going to automatically pick him this year is Payne Haas. I've always been a big believer in just not automatically going Payne Haas. I didn't have him last year, and personally, I I don't really recall it hurting me all that much. He comes into this season with a 750K price tag, which is an average of 73 points. Now, the argument, Tom Flegler's leaving. Uh, Surely that'll bump him up a few points. And you know what? You might be on the money. Uh, You you might be on the money. But, I mean, uh, how much higher is a front row forward going to go than 73 points? Per game, I you know he maybe he jumps up to seventy five, seventy six. I guess uh, I just uh, and I you know what my my big worry with Payne Haas and you know I, I, the Broncos are they obviously want him there long term and I think it is something they need to start considering. 
is that, you know, he's just played an entire NRL season. Uh, he went all the way to the grand final. So he played a wild amount of games last year. He played the entire Origin Series. He then played for the Kangaroos. He's then going to start this season by going to Vegas. He's going to come back. A few weeks later, he's going to play Origin. This is going to be a Broncos team that we're expecting to go pretty deep into the finals. He's going to be playing in the offseason with the Kangaroos for the rest of his career. I, ju- I, just, I just wonder if this Broncos side, personally, I think they've got the talent and the side to blow out a number of teams in 2024. And I think that when they do get to a big lead, surely common sense says that now with Flegler gone and with them trying to get minutes into younger guys, trying to get them more experience for, you know, get them ready for come finals time, surely Payne Haas and Paddy Carrigan, who are just playing way too many fucking minutes wherever they are, surely they start to take them off the field a little bit. Surely they do. It just makes no sense to me when you have a look at their calendar and how fucking busy they are and they're going to Vegas if they are up by 20 or 30 in a game, which I think they will be in a number of occasions this year, my worry is that Payne Haas sees less minutes off the back of that. So 750k for me, it's a lot of money to spend on a front row forward. A fuckload of money to spend on a front row, front row forward. And I'm just not sure if I'm willing to do it with Payne Haas. I, and you know what? If he comes out and he fucking tons up early, I'll go, yep, fair call. I missed that one. Uh, but, you know, you have a look through last season. He didn't score 100 at any point. Did he have good scores? Yeah, bloody oath he did. He had a couple of 90s, uh, which is great. But, you know, like, I, I just don't think it's hurting you. I just don't think not having Payne Haas is going to really hurt you. What's going to hurt you is not being able to get to your big guys that have the huge captain scores. And the way that you miss out on them is by going Payne Haas at 750K instead of a mid-ranger that might get 50 at 450K. So that's the sort of direction I'm looking at. I think at the moment I will go without Payne Haas. I know a lot of people are very keen on him and talking about him as an automatic. Uh, and I understand the argument with Tom Flegler's minutes, but I'm not quite sure if that correlates straight to Haas playing more minutes and doing more. I'm not overly convinced by that. I think the longer this incredible career goes on, the more that the Broncos are going to have to take care of him. I think if you look at, say, Jason Tamalolo and how he is at the back end of his career, I think that's a really good sign that this team needs to start taking care of Payne Haas, especially if they're going to be a team that goes regular into the final series. You know he's going to play three Origins a year. You know he's going to play a couple of games to the Kangaroos at the end of the season. It's a lot of footy on a body like his that you want to keep at that level for a long period of time. So for me, I am not going to go with Payne Haas. I will be leaving him. I haven't even spoken to Tim about it, but I've got a pretty strong feeling that he will be the same as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out when we get there. Uh, The next guy is a guy that I absolutely love, as you guys know, Tino. And he's actually the most expensive guy, 790K. Uh, For me, it is just too expensive. Uh, You have a look at the way that Tino finished last year. It really was off the charts. In his last 10 games, he did score four tries to be fair in 10 games but like that's the sort of guy Tino is he's capable of doing that but he averaged 88 across his last 10 games last season so he finished the season with an average of 77 but his last 10 games he averaged 88 so I just I, I think that that average that the price I think it's a little bit over the top I don't think he's going to be able to maintain that throughout an entire season I think that the Titans are in a same sort of spot as the Broncos that hey we've got this juggernaut forward but We don't want to have a juggernaut forward for three years. We want to have a juggernaut forward for six and seven years. So I think they do need to take care of Tino a little bit. I think both these guys are too tough for their own fucking good. And I think at some point throughout the year, these will be guys that I own, probably post-Origin. Especially Tino, I'd love to get him post
Coast Origin because I think the Tides will be in a similar boat. They'll be fighting at the back end of the season for a top eight spot, and that's where Tino normally really steps up. He was one of my big plays at the end of this season that I brought in, and he absolutely brained it for me. I think I brought him in with um, a couple of weeks to go, and he, he scored me a fuckload of points. Just going to get up his scores. Scored a try in his first game for me, and then really went on with it after that. that. He was fantastic. So he's a guy that I will be targeting towards the back end of the season, but... I think he'll come out of origin. He'll play a little bit less minutes during that period here and there. And then I think you can get him pretty cheap. So I got him for the last four weeks of last season. He went 105, 63, 85, 90. I was absolutely stoked with it. I will have Tino at some point. I plan to have Payne Haas at some point, but I do not think I will be starting with them. Uh, maybe that'll be costly. We'll see. Adam Blake's in a similar boat for me. I think he's coming off a career year. Uh, Average 72 last year. I think he scored 10 tries. I don't think he does that again. Um, so AFB is not one that I'll be going near. I never owned him last year, and I won't own him this year, I don't think. Joe Tarpanay, very interesting. I think that with Smithies joining the side, I reckon there's a sniff that he plays 13. Corey Horsman pushes into the front row. Josh Papali'i still around. Ata Mariota, I'm expecting him to have a big year. So Joe Tarpanay has also lost his duel, which really hurts him as well. So I'm less keen on him. Uh, Mitchie Barnett's next in line. Uh, just his role there is a little bit all over the place. Uh, so I'm not overly convinced on him. Jack DeBellin, just very vanilla. You know what you're going to get, 55 to 60 every single week. Not a bad option. That Those two guys are dual position, to be fair. 2RF front row forward for both of those guys. That is something you need to look at, uh, something that you need to consider as well, uh, that it can come in handy, but they're not the guys I'm going to go for. Uh, the next few names there don't interest me. Junior Bolo, Blake Laurie, love Mo Fodawaker, but probably not. Jared Wallace, nah. Tanela Paseca, I thought he was great uh, for the Manly Seagulls last year before he got injured, but no. Max King, Jake Travojevic, no. Lindsay Collins, a lot of mouths to feed there at the Roosters. I don't really see him jumping up for that 53 average. Ruben Cotter. Now, Ruben Cotter's interesting. Obviously a fan favorite of mine, so feel free to ignore this or brush off his bias, whatever you want. Uh, but he's dual position one. He's 542K. Uh, now, that means he averages 53 points. Now, I think that there was a bit of a, do- a, a bit of a drop-off last year with the North Queensland Cowboys, and I think it potentially hurt Cotter a little bit. I think as well, just coming back from you know the World Cup and all that, I, I think he was a little bit tired. I think he had a full season to get used to that sort of stuff. I'm expecting him to jump up again. I think he'll be about a 60-point average guy. So there's a little bit of a discount on Ruben Cotter. The thing I like about him, though, is that he's got the dual position. There's a bit of value in him, and he's got that dual position. I think if Ruben Cotter has a very good season, I think he could push into the average of like 65 sort of mark, but I think he'll be closer to about the 60 mark. So a dual position, 540K, priced at a 53 average. I think he could average 60. I don't mind Ruben Cotter. If he didn't have the dual, I'd be a lot less interested, but just because he's got that dual, I think it's going to be very, very important this year and I think it's going to be very handy to have a duel because when we get to the two RFs you're going to realize just how many mid-rangers we're going to have to go for and I guarantee you they will all not be a success I reckon half of them might be a success and it's going to be tough so having a guy like Ruben Cotter it might be the perfect little play to be able to move guys around Uh, after that Christian Wells, Josh Papali'i, Tyler Sipley, David Clemmer, RCG, Nass, Fish, Twole, Stefano, Jermaine Jolliffe, Kenny Bromwich, Toby Rudolph, Mark Nichols, Tom Flegler. None of these guys interest me except Tom Flegler. Now, Tom Flegler's at 475K. The only thing that interests me about Flegler is that at the Broncos, he was sort of the next guy behind Payne Haas, behind Pat Carrigan. He now arrives at the Dolphins, and I think he could potentially step up and have a bigger role there.
there. I think he could. I think that this year you've obviously got Jesse Bromwich there and whatnot, but I think that Flegler, Wayne Bennett would be looking at him and saying, hey, this is your fucking forward pack. I need you to be my Shane Webke. I need you to be my next Jesse Bromwich, my leader in this side. So I do think he's interesting. Now, he's priced at a 46-point average. To be completely honest with you, when you look at his games for the Broncos, when he played 50-plus minutes, you're only really looking at a 45 to 50 on average, yeah, which is still, it's not fantastic. You're not going to make a heap of money. What I wonder, though, is if going to this side, if he could become the main prop, I wonder if he could get a 60-minute roll. Uh, you have a look at the Dolphins. Uh, they also, like, they run with Jeremy Marshall King as their nine. I think he'll be an 80-minute guy, so they'll have four forwards on the bench. They've obviously got older bodies in this side, too, so that helps Flegler, despite the bench going against him. But I also think we just need to consider the Wayne Bennett factor. We know that Wayne Bennett, he tends to get the very best out of forwards. This is a Queensland origin forward. He's got from the Broncos. Flegler just feels like a Wayne Bennett sort of guy. So I'm not sure if I'll end up going him or not. I will consider him, uh, but I just, oh, I reckon he could potentially end up averaging like 55, 60, in which case you make 100K in your front row forward, you get him up to close to the 600K sort of mark, potentially you're able to move him on to someone else, maybe to a fallen gun somewhere. Uh, I just think he's worth considering Tom Flegler. I'm not completely sold on him, don't get me wrong, and there's a lot of ifs and buts. You're relying on the Wayne Bennett factor. You're relying on him playing a bigger role. You're relying on him just lifting his workload in general, so there is a lot of water to go under the bridge there, but I think Flegler uh, is worth considering. Um, now, two guys I'm going to talk about as a bit of a package deal. I just spoke about Lindsay Collins, and I look at him at 500k or whatever it is, and I go, you know what? Too many mouths to feed. He doesn't interest me. Two guys that do interest me. One is Spencer Lenu. Now, I've seen him in a lot of teams, and I get it. I get why people are going with Spencer Lenu. They're expecting him to go to the Roosters at 332k and play bigger minutes and start. For me personally, I just, I can't imagine when the Roosters have Lindsay Collins, they have Rhea Hargraves, they have Terrell May, why they would grab Spencer Lienu, who is, in my opinion, probably the best interchange player in rugby league right now, and why they'd push him into a starting role. I would be using him off the bench. I don't think he plays massive minutes. I think he plays sub-40 minutes still. I think he's used to about 25 to 30 minutes for the Panthers. He's never really played much more than that. If there's injuries and stuff and Spencer Lenu starts, 100%. Get on and let's go for it. But at the moment, I'm still expecting him to come off the bench. I've heard people you know, message me and say, oh, the Roosters sent Spencer Lenu over to USA. That means he's a big-time player. Personally, I don't read into that shit at all. Um, there's a reason why uh, Manly sent Aaron Woods because probably they're not going to miss him all that much at training. Spencer Lenu is new to the club. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that him going to America means massive things. I, I think you're overreading that a little bit. I think he's a guy that's obviously just won a premiership. He's, ex he's he had an extended off season, and they thought, why not give him an opportunity to go over there? I, I'm not reading into it too much. But him at 332k is very interesting. I'll tell you what, though, the guy that grabs my attention massively is Terrell May. Now, he's 100K more expensive, yeah? He's based at a 42-point average, Terrell May. When you have a look at his games from last year, and for me, he almost became the alpha in that pack by the end of the season. He was fucking blowing them away, Terrell May. He was incredible for the Sydney Roosters, and for me, I would have him starting this year. He'd be my starting front row forward, probably with Lindsay Collins or Jared. I, I, I'd probably swap and change the three of them as we go. But I reckon Terrell May plays decent minutes next year. I reckon he goes for sort of 50-plus. Uh, when you have a look, and it was only four games last year, it's a small sample size, and keep in mind that in one of those games he scored a try. He played four games last year where he played more than 40 minutes. 
He averaged 58. Scored a try in one of those games, 100%. Let's drop it down to 53, 54. There's still 100K there if he can play 40-plus minutes, which personally... I think he can. Uh, They're going to be running with two hookers, it sounds like, Connor Watson and Brandon Smith. Whether Brandon Smith plays through the middle and eats into the minutes of Terrell May, quite possible. But I just think that Terrell May is going to absolutely fucking explode for the Roosters in 2024. He's a guy that I think we need to keep a close eye on at 430K. If it looks like... He could be the guy that could jump in and really be the alpha in this Roosters pack, which I think he's got the ability to. They turned to him a lot towards the back end of last season. He's a guy I'm very, very interested in. I reckon there is every chance that Terrell May turns out to be the better option than Spencer Lee despite being 100K extra more. So we will see. Uh, but Terrell May is one I think you need to keep an eye on. Fletcher Baker. Um, I am so perplexed here. He's at 311K. That's a 30-point average. Surely, fucking surely, he comes in and averages more than 30. He needs minutes. To be completely honest with you guys, I'm not convinced on Fletcher Baker as a footballer just yet. From what I've seen, nothing really jumps out at me. But, my God, surely with Flegler leaving that side and him coming in, surely he just averages 40, right? Surely he can get to 40. My other worry, though, if Pat Carrigan moves into the front row and Kobe Hetherington plays 13, Fletcher Baker comes off the bench, I assume. You've still got Marty there. You've got this young Takira that's coming through. You've got Corey Jensen, who's proven to do a job. I'm uh, I, I'm seeing Fletcher Baker in just about every single team because I think people are assuming he's going to jump straight into the front row there. I'm really not convinced he is, and I'm not convinced how much of a high-end potential this guy has. Once again, all he has to do is average 40 points, which shouldn't be that hard as a front row forward in that Broncos team. But I want to just sort of see teamless and everything before. He'll be playing in Vegas, so we should have a pretty good idea of what his role is. We'll get to watch him in trials and whatnot. But I will be completely honest with you, this signing perplexed me a little bit. I, it didn't quite make sense to me. I heard rumors about it for months leading up to it and sort of thought, ah, oh, doesn't really make sense. He's not really a like-for-like for, like for Flegler. Maybe I am sleeping on Fletcher Baker. Maybe I'm sleeping massively. Maybe I've, I haven't seen enough of him, whatever it might be. But I'm just not totally convinced just yet. So we'll see as we get closer. But, I mean, there's not many really cheap guys that are that have got definite spots inside heading into next season. If Fletcher Baker has a starting spot in this Broncos side, he is a get 100%. But if he's on the bench, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a very interesting watch for Fletcher Baker. So we will see. Corey Jensen's the other one I like as well. Now, you can get Fletcher Baker for 311K. You get Corey Jensen for 413. I reckon there's every chance that Corey Jensen comes in and plays slightly more minutes than Fletcher Baker. Once again, could be completely wrong. I've always really liked Jensen. The Broncos seemingly don't like him as much as I do. But I reckon there's every chance that he kind of fucks Fletcher Baker. If you told me that Baker and Jensen are at the same price, 311K, I would be heavily, heavily leaning towards Jensen. But he is 100K more expensive, so not really an option. I don't really want to buy Corey Jensen for 400K. That's not really up my alley. Other guys that I think will become interesting. Davey Moale at South Sydney. I think we all had him last year. I think a lot of us will feature him again. Um, I really like Davey Moale. I think he's got a big future. Is he ready to do it right now? I don't know. Someone needs to step up in that harm Sele role, though. Hopefully it will be him. I think Adam Mariota down at the Canberra Raiders is very interesting now. Obviously, minutes worry me because you've got so many guys down there between Papali'i, Smithies, Tapane, Horsburgh, Gula. 
all these guys down there that will steal minutes off him. I just, I don't know. There's something about Asa Mariota that I absolutely fucking love. And I feel like I feel like if they get a couple of injuries or something next year at some point, he's going to be a guy that we're going to want to get very, very quickly. I think he's in for a bit of a breakout season. Spencer Lenu has obviously left the Penrith Panthers. There is opportunity there for someone to take it. I reckon the kid that's a very good chance to pop up all of a sudden will be Liam Henry uh, from the Penrith Panthers. I'm a big, big fan of this kid. I don't know how far up the pecking order he might be or whatnot, but at 238k, uh, if Liam Henry gets a bench spot, he is an absolute lock in my team. I will be bringing him in straight away. He's a guy that I think that the Panthers, now they've lost that bench player in Spencer Lenu, you've got the two alphas that start, they'll be looking for someone else to really step up into that role. And I think Liam Henry is a sniff to be that guy. Played two games last year. Uh, he played in round nine. He played 20 minutes, came up with 22 base starts. Uh, then in round 16, played 25 minutes, came up with 28 base starts. So PPM, a little bit over 1.2. You're looking about 1.28 or something there. Um, I really like him. I don't think you'll ever have to play huge minutes, uh, but I think in that Panthers side, with a HIA or an injury or something somewhere, I reckon he can push his minutes to about the 30-minute mark, and I think he can have really good impact. If he pushes up to that 30-minute mark, maybe he comes up with an attacking start somewhere, a couple of offloads here or there, all of a sudden we're making a little bit of money. So Liam Henry, he is one that I think we need to watch closely at the Penrith Panthers. Sam Hughes, I've heard very, very good things about him out of the Canterbury Bulldogs. I've heard he could potentially be the Jacob Preston of 2024, so another one to keep an eye on there. Uh, the other guy at Brisbane that hasn't been spoken about is Jaden Hunt. He left the Dragons. He went up there. A big, big motor on this kid. Another kid that I think could actually potentially jump Fletcher Baker. I reckon Jaden Hunt could make himself relevant very quickly. Uh, I wouldn't say he's like Jackson Ford, where I'm telling you the Dragons should not have let this guy go. He's a gun. But there is something about Jaden Hunt. I have always really liked him. He is a very positive super coach player. When he gets an opportunity up there to play with Payne Haas and all them, I wouldn't be surprised if Jaden Hunt at the Brisbane Broncos jumps out of the ground a little bit. Uh, Chris Patola at the Canterbury Bulldogs, huge rap last season coming out of Canterbury Bulldogs. He got injured in the preseason. He's one to keep an eye on. I haven't seen too much on myself, but I know that they were very excited about him last year. So just one to keep an eye on. Uh, now this is one here. Now the Dragons. They are a clusterfuck. They are an absolute shit fight. Do not get me wrong. But I look at this Dragon side and I look at Shane Flanagan. There's a lot of jerseys up for grabs there. There's been a lot of things that haven't gone right over the last few years. I would not be surprised at all if Shane Flanagan has thrown a few jerseys in the middle of that training session going, hey, whoever fucking impresses me the most in the next three months, this jersey's yours. Viliami Fafita, who's a dual position guy, front row forward, second row forward. I think he's got huge ability. I think he was a really good get from the Manly Seagulls. It would not surprise me if he's a guy that maybe pops up on the first team list Tuesdays, potentially grabs a bench spot, bottom dot. He becomes very interesting. Another one of the Broncos, you've got Jaden Hunt there. You've also got Takura, who we mentioned before, who's bottom dollar as well. He's another one. I watched him in the trials last year. Big, big body. The Broncos are very excited about him. He's another one that it wouldn't surprise me if he lands a bench spot in Las Vegas. Uh, the last guy I want to mention is Lazarus Valipa from the Melbourne Storm. I've heard good things. He's a middle forward available on Supercoach. I think he can play second row or front row forward. They're a little bit short on middles down there, as we know. A 
big preseason. Maybe we could see something. I've just heard a couple of whispers about that. I haven't seen a heap myself, uh, but just another smoky name to keep an eye on there. But those are sort of the front row forwards that I am looking at. I think that we are going to have to hope for someone to sort of jump out of the ground as far as a cheapie. Uh, I'm hoping that a mid-range guy is a big winner on Team List Tuesday. I'm really hoping that Terrell May gets a starting spot. If he does, I'll be running with him. I think he has a big breakout season and does very well. Outside of that... Uh, it's very much so a wait-and-see sort of job. I think Ruben Cotter, because of that duel, he's a little bit undervalued in my opinion. He's a guy that's very, very interesting. Yeah, Atamariotas, if he gets a gig. Liam Henry, 238K, very interesting. Uh, there's a number of guys there that could sort of pop up out of nowhere that we need to keep an eye on in the trials. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Similar to hooker, similar to every other position we're going to talk about over the next few days. A lot of water to go under the bridge still. For me, I will be trying to find value instead of going big on these you know, front row forwards that play a heap of rep football, and if their teams get in front, they could get rested and whatnot. I'll be looking for a little bit more value in front row forward. As I said off the top, for me, the difference between Payne Haas at 750K and maybe like a Terrell May – yes, you, you won't get as many points, no doubt about it. But that 250K, I could spend that on getting from someone to Nathan Cleary or someone to Nico Hines or someone to Caelan Ponga. And when I'm using them as genuine captain options week in, week out, and they hit that 125 that turns into 250, all of a sudden for me, those points have sort of evened out. And I think that'll happen quite a bit. That's the approach I'm taking it, I'm taking it in the moment to the front row forward situation. It might change by the time we get to the season proper, but that's, you know, here we are. Late December, we're looking at these live, giving my live reaction, how it all looks. That's the sort of process that I'm looking at at the moment. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 